Hello, Daywalkers, and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies. My name is Charlie, and I am joined by my co-host, Will. Uh, we're recording this on 420, and I'm currently drinking a uh, coffee. Uh, all for you, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> totally different direction <laughs> than one would expect. On a completely unrelated note, Park isn't here. Uh yeah. <laughs> this week we watched Blade, which is the best Marvel movie, and it's not particularly close official stance of the Jump Cuts podcast. So, uh, this was my pick. I will do a quick recap. Here's the recap, which is that Blade, our titular character, is a daywalker, half vampire, half human, because his mother was bitten by a vampire while like in labor with him. He's born, there's a ton of blood, it's really gross, it's cool. Uh, and so he decides he's gonna hunt vampires and kill them all because they killed his mom. That's it, that's the movie, he hunts vampires. It's sick, he has a sword, he's got a trench coat, he looks like The Matrix, but it came out before The Matrix, which we'll talk about. Uh, yeah, this movie rules. <laughs> he also has guns that kill vampires. <laughs> yes. They never really make it clear if he has, like, silver bullets or something, because they talk about, no, like... They do stuff well they he, like, i feel makes like them later in the movie he's like making the silver bullets by hand that's true yeah but sometimes he shoots them and they don't die instantly which is confusing that but it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> they're not particularly concerned with like the rules of vampires in this movie mm-hmm. and it is a thing they talk about a little bit with like i don't know i thought it was extremely funny and like a edgy reddit atheist way when they were like oh crosses don't actually do shit but garlic works <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> garlic yeah that was interesting because like some of the legends are fake and some are real and we will not go into detail so we don't have to like be too careful in this movie mm-hmm. with like what happens uh and it's even it, it seems like different vampires have like different powers going on like because there's one guy who can just regenerate better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn, I think. Yeah, like, he... he... Silver doesn't seem to work on him. He just, like... <laughs> he just grows back. Yeah, that's who I was thinking about as the prime example. Is he, like, nails him to a wall and lights him on fire with silver stakes, but then he's, he's just fine later? I don't know. But it doesn't really matter, because, again, this movie is... It's not about the the mythology of vampires it's about stabbing them with a sword uh, yeah and that's the important part here and blood raves I yes what an aesthetic at the beginning uh, yeah it, it really it sets the tone very well for the whole movie I, like, this is exactly my type of shit oh, yes. <laughs> it's so good mm-hmm. this so We'll we'll talk more about this later, but it's kind of a it's a fascinating middle ground to me between full camp superhero movies from before this era and what we have now with the you know superheroes who say fuck but not really because it's a PG thirteen movie shit. Um, and this is just like it feels like the turning point in such an interesting way because like it's not really talked about as part of the superhero film mythology, right? I didn't even, when I picked it, I just thought it was about hunting vampires. And then as I was looking into it, I found out it was based on a Marvel comic, which is like we said, this was like the first Marvel movie. And it's also the best one by a long shot. 
Yeah. And the best DC movie. It's the best <laughs> comic book movie I've seen. Yes, it's just the best superhero movie. It is a absolute crime that I'm looking at the IMDb page right now. It has a 45 Metascore from Metacritic. God, it's just wrong. <laughs> it's, it's messed up, man. I don't know. It like it walks. It manages to walk like the the line of like what its tone needs to be so perfectly for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like it manages to be pretty self serious, or at least like the characters within the world are very serious about what's happening. But the director, like the people making the movie, have an eye for like what would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in stuff like when we what we did like batman and robin man you've had us watch a lot of superhero stuff i inadvertently have taken us through the whole the ringer of the superhero pantheon with like the the movie that killed the old campy superheroes this is the transition point to the you know what if superheroes were real world and then the just singularity of bullshit that that resulted in with Zack snyder's justice league it's not because it's not just like the camp of like a batman and robin right like it's not just everything stupid (laughs) uh and it's not quite what we have now in like the marvel world where the characters will sort of i don't like they like wink at the camera a lot yeah those are like they well, are like telling jokes <laughs> like i don't want my i don't want my superheroes doing like stand-up <laughs> it's like mm. weird <laughs> it, yeah it's <laughs> it, it's and it's not a Zack snyder either where it's self-serious without an eye for fun mm-hmm. you know like it it rides the line very well it's simultaneously before it's time and could would not could never be made but would never be made right now in this era because like you said about the jokes the modern superhero movies they don't do camp at all they've thrown it out like we said batman and robin killed it (laughs) it destroyed the concept (laughs) Um, i I, no, i still think the spider the the raimi spider-man's held out a little bit that's true on the camp that was the real like dying The last gasp of old camp. The emo dance number <laughs> that he does was like the straw that broke the camp camel's back. That's true. <laughs> Having a dashboard confessional soundtrack, that was uh, that was the real end. Um, yeah. But still, like, like you said about the, the jokes, the way that they inject levity into... I'm going to just say the Marvel movies because the DC movies don't have it. Uh, They're trying to, but they they don't. (laughs) It doesn't work. Yeah, but it's just, they just tell jokes. (laughs) And that sounds like a weird thing to, like, complain about, that there are jokes in a movie that are supposed to be funny. And sometimes there are, right? Like, we've made it clear over and over, we're we're not big Marvel or superhero movie in general people, but, like, I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy is fun, right? That's a that's an enjoyable movie. Um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't classify any of the Marvel movies as like just like outright bad movies. It's just like they're very bland, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like 
uh, well, because unseasoned the... chicken breast of a movie. You know, like, yeah. it's fine. It does its job, but I'm not going to, like, recommend it to people. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they turn into this just, like, unbelievably focus-grooved thing that is just put through a meat grinder to become the most consumable product possible. Yeah. And that's how you end up with Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, you know, it's it's fun, but it doesn't do the camp thing, which, I don't know, like, I, <laughs> I'm i not trying to say I want every superhero movie to be Adam West Batman, but, like, that, that to me is oftentimes yeah. more entertaining than the other 99% of the Marvel Universe. When it feels like it's taking any kind of risk... <laughs> that can be nice mm-hmm. for things like this. And uh, Blade, it feels like it does a lot of stuff that was probably very risky at the time. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where I'm not sure. There are parts of his, its aesthetic where I don't know if it is. Because, I, I mean, I haven't seen every movie from the late 90s. <laughs> so I don't mm-hmm. know for sure. But it's like, how much of the Matrix aesthetic did Blade invent? Right? You know? <laughs> the, I mean, the, the trench coats, man. He's got the long black trench coat and the submachine guns. And the little glasses. And, like, when yeah. he's invading, like, their tower at the very end, I'm like, the Matrix basically cribbed from this scene. And I think, like, in the, like, when they're going through the, what are they, like, metal detectors? You know, like that scene mm-hmm. in the first one? Uh, which I think that scene in the Matrix is better than the one in Blade. But it's... Still, you can feel it borrowing from this movie so much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is very strange. And, like, there are parts that I think have aged very poorly with that aesthetic. Like, there's... At some point in the movie, they do a lot of... There's, like, a car chase, and they do a lot of speed-up stuff. Yeah, it looks very corny. Which I... Like, it has not aged well to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does feel... I would still prefer to see a movie that's like trying something like that mm-hmm. versus your more like watered down Marvel stuff that we get today, right? Yeah. And some of it is just like, I mean, even a fashion of the era, right? Like the, the main villain of Blade, Deacon Frost, who is a vampire that you later find out is the one who bit his mother. It's just so unbelievably hard to take seriously with his fucking Backstreet Boys ass haircut. Dude, dude, looks, so like, dude looks like the younger brother of like the Green Day bassist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's just that. Uh, that whatever that aesthetic is, they people stopped doing it for good reason. <laughs> it does not work on a villain. <laughs> Just, just, I liked it. I don't know. Like it, it's funny, but it's not like. Oh yeah, no, it's I, not like scary. I, yeah. I like it in like a purely like. Oh, remember that <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of sort of feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Wow. Okay, so let's get into the broader story of Blade. Yeah, n- of n- now that we've had our ten minutes of shitting on Marvel and DC, <laughs> yes. Uh, and just to be clear. There will be more of that later. We're not. We're not done. I have some bullet points. We're here. never uh, done. It's like <laughs> <laughs> as long as they keep making them, we're gonna keep being yeah. upset about it. Not that you're wrong to enjoy them if you do. Um, 
but I'm judging you a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> Blade. Yeah, so, okay, let's go back to the Blood Rave, because that is such a tone setter. <laughs> and it's really, it's, it's I guess, the second scene. The first scene is a good tone setter, too, which is his mother bleeding from the neck, extremely pregnant. They C-section him out. He's just covered in blood. The most bloody infant I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, and then it just cuts to <laughs> it's kind of funny it the they date the the birth scene is what like 72 or something i don't i don't remember it's not important but after that it just says now <laughs> 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 for some reason that's really amusing to me uh and you you yeah, follow this is, what, this is what 2021 looks like <laughs> <laughs> yes but actually uh but then yeah it follows this guy and a woman into a nightclub where it immediately becomes obvious that everyone here is a vampire because they have pointy teeth and they're shoving the the guy around because he's a human and then they turn on the fire sprinklers and it's just blood and then everybody starts eating him and it rules (laughs) with the with the added detail of uh this club being in a slaughterhouse yes (laughs) It is, and I think he, he, like, makes it out, <laughs> I think. I think Blade saves it. That's true. Yeah, he does escape. You're right. I forgot. Um, yeah, they're trying to eat him, though, and if I was directing it, I would have had him get eaten, but uh, <laughs> I guess you gotta have your superhero save a guy at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, he Blade shows up in his trench coat with his sword, just full-on mall ninja look. It, it's great. I love it. Yeah, this uh, shotgun with, like, two extra stakes in it that he can also shoot i guess when he runs out of his silver buckshot <laughs> under barrel steak launcher yeah <laughs> yeah his his entire arsenal fascinating <laughs> yeah which and this movie i mean it is like like it's rated r and it's like surprisingly violent at times even with and they they have the vampires like kind of crumble into ash when they mm-hmm. die which I think the effect actually like holds up pretty good. Yeah, that's um, one of the better looking CG effects in the movie. Some stuff did not age well. But some the... did not. There's some uh, vampire skeleton ghosts later on <laughs> <laughs> that um, were were fun for me, but in more of an ironic enjoyment. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, through through this process, just to get through this beginning, so we can meet all of our main characters. He, like we said lights uh quinn on fire and then the cops show up and (laughs) take with like the fire department and an ambulance and they take this guy to the morgue because he was you know burned to death where he's then uh autopsied by karen and this other dude karen will become one of our other main characters as she discovers that Oh my gosh, his blood is weird. Why is it weird? Is he a vampire? Oh, and then he comes back to life, and then Blade shows up, and they fight some cops. They run away. Yeah, we meet uh, Whistler. She gets bitten too. That's oh, that's right. Yes, that is very important that she gets bitten. Uh, <laughs> and then we meet Whistler, Chris Christopherson, who is like the the mentor guy. They inject her with some garlic. She's not going to turn into a vampire yet. Now we have our our vampire crusaders. Yeah, and, like, she 
And it, it wasn't clear to me at first. Like, I figured she was just cured, but then later on, it's like, oh, she's still turning into a vampire slowly, mm-hmm. I guess. Or, but And it just sort of, like, staves it off. And, like, later in the movie, Karen is, like, because she's a hematologist, she, like, figures out very quickly how to, like, cure vampirism. It's true. It did not take long. You would have th- you would think they would have asked a doctor or a at hematologist point, yeah. before now. Yeah, no one has even tried, I guess, that or she's a, some sort of genius <laughs> without realizing it. I don't know. But not the most unbelievable thing in this movie by any stretch. No, not at all. <laughs> We've talked, we talked a little bit about the balance of the camp and the seriousness. Because the movie, I mean, it does take itself seriously. And the, the camp is more in, like, aesthetics and acting, I would say, than it is in, like... And just, like, the inherent, it's like, the way Blade is. Like, his yeah. little one-liners and the whole setup which is i think like the kind of humor that works with this it's like Mm -hmm. blade takes himself deadly seriously but like he'll do things that to us it's like (laughs) kind of funny yeah there were a couple lines i wrote down where i was like that was that was ridiculous um and that i mean we, we talked about this a little bit already but it makes me wonder would could you make a version of this movie that full commits to being serious or just full commits to being stupid. Cause honestly, I don't think you could, I think it hit the ballots. I, just yeah, right. I don't think that's fine. It's just like the, <laughs> the core concept of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of. It's so silly. I don't know. Like, maybe but you'd probably have to just like kind of reset the whole story right like you'd have to get rid of quinn as a character because he's too silly and Mm -hmm. like you'd have to change so much it's basically just a whole new movie right and a lot of the stuff that is sort of on like the funnier side uh i think is really important like the characterization of blade weirdly Mm -hmm. um whereas it's kind of a core difference between this movie and like uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, for example, right? Where uh, with Justice League, you can tell he is like incredibly fond <laughs> of these heroes, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they can do no wrong. He thinks that like they're very cool. But Blade, he, he has his moments of being very cool. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Particularly in any sort of fighting scenario, he's a very cool guy. Mm-hmm. But Whenever he has to, like, interact with people, particularly with Karen, he's, like, a weird shut-in, like, loser. <laughs> like, he's, he comes across, like, he's, like, very standoffish and, like, not easy to talk to, which makes a lot of sense given his, like, background, right? Like, he's a kind of, like, a, a broken man who's, like, lived a life of, like, seeking revenge and he has a lot of guilt from... Uh, eating the homeless in his past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a thing he did. But, so, like, he takes himself, like, deadly seriously, but, like, to a viewer, it's, he's so, like, difficult to interact with that, like, Karen works as a really good straight man for us. Mm-hmm. And I think if the movie took itself a little more seriously, it was a little more jokey, we wouldn't get that version of Blade that feels 
like kind of more real and like it, it just like works with the movie really yeah. well. Yeah, it's I mean it's the core of the movie, right? Yeah. I I have to wonder if they shot more of a romance and then ended up just cutting it. If they did, know. that was the right decision. That was the right call because they don't have any. Well, okay. There's that scene at the end, which is like the most romance we get. When he yeah, like, which... <laughs> bites her. <laughs> I was gonna say, it feels incredibly sexual for some reason. Well, it is like, and it it's playing into like just like the way vampires are usually written. You know, mm-hmm. like it is a very like sort of like sexual thing being like bitten on the neck like it uh, it was a brave choice <laughs> in the movie mm-hmm. uh i think it kind of worked i don't know like it didn't feel that out of place <laughs> I guess. yeah but i think it was a good call not having them like be together uh, and maybe in like blade 2 she's still around but it felt like it didn't like they weren't going to like hang out much after this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that scene would have been hurt by there being more of a romance, frankly, because it just would have been weirder. Yeah. Cause Blade know. just like, isn't a romantic guy. Like he, uh-huh. they, they save her and then they just like, like say like, Oh, you might want to like, like here's some like vampire pepper spray. Oh, also uh, you should like, end your own life if you think you're becoming a vampire anyway we'll drop you off at your house uh oh by the way you're being hunted by like a global conspiracy of vampires uh goodbye yeah Yeah, they immediately use her as bait yeah (laughs) successfully to bait a cop that he beats the shit out of it characterizes blade very well uh but it is also like kind of funny to see just like this interaction like he's not very heroic no you know yeah he's very much an anti-hero uh which well i I don't know if i would say full-on anti-hero but a little bit which is interesting though because if you look at like what what are the other superhero type properties that have done that right and what comes to mind is like Watchmen, which I I haven't seen, but you can speak to that a little more maybe. And then like the boys, and then kind of Deadpool. Okay, so <laughs> Deadpool, and I know that's just a totally different character and always has been like ridiculous in what they made the movies as. I, I I think the Deadpool movies are considered a fairly faithful adaptation of the Deadpool comics, right? Um, I always forget about those movies. Those are probably some of the better superhero movies, honestly. Even if, like, they don't... I don't totally... I'm not, like, a huge fan of them. I probably won't wa- ever watch them again. But I think they're, like, as superhero movies go, like, solid. <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable once. Um, but, like, that is the only... That's the only thing you're ever going to get from Marvel with that type of, like, hyper-violent anti-hero character, right? Um, yeah. and even then, like, it wasn't, I mean, it was technically Fox Pictures that was making that, I guess, uh, supposedly they're working on a Deadpool 3 through the Marvel studio that will be rated R still now, but, like, come on, uh, <laughs> it, it is Disney. Yeah, right, like, I don't see it getting too good, but. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's just, like, uh, nobody in this modern era 
has attempted to do this specific character and i just i don't see how they will yeah especially like in a uh, in like a post dark knight mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of world i don't know like i think i i don't see that i don't really see that coming up again yeah it, it just it feels like they have to go either full satire which is what deadpool is and that's you know why they're allowed to make it or they have to do the boys where it is full commit the other way to like the superheroes are outright the bad guys which is not to knock either of those things because like the, i mean the boys is really good i like the boys um but yeah, and for the, for the watchmen it's like there's a story about superheroes where <laughs> the superheroes are like are bad and then <laughs> Zack snyder made a movie not noticing that <laughs> Like, you didn't realize it, which, like, you can still watch it, and, like, weirdly, the the message behind, like, the actual story can still get through to you, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, questionable how intentional it was. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Like, I'm not... I think, I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. It's, like, it... Like, I don't think Zack Snyder really gets what Alan Moore was going for. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But weirdly the adaptation like isn't that bad (laughs) well that sort of in a roundabout way brings me to another point i wanted to discuss which is that the problem with a lot of superhero movies is that superheroes are cops that is almost all of them (laughs) (laughs) at the very least they're like cop adjacent uh which, because of how, like, inherently fucked up that institution is, it puts you in this strange place where it's, like, the only way to make a movie about these people, and particularly, like, the Avengers and the Justice League as, like, the ultimate American copification of this idea, right? Where they're, like, some standalone organization beyond all government supervision that just yeah. is gonna save the world, right? Yeah, and they're, they're basically just a combination of every branch of the military plus the CIA. <laughs> yeah. That's what... So it becomes this thing where, like, the the only way to, like, make the movie is to make it just, like, totally vapid bullshit. Because if you instill anything real into it, it feels insincere and gross because it's a movie about cops. <laughs> or just make it military propaganda. Or do both. They do both sometimes. And there's not anything inherently wrong with vapid bullshit. That's fun sometimes, but like <laughs> And I don't I don't even know if I would say that Blade is not vapid bullshit. I don't think Blade <laughs> is trying to say anything. I just think it's cooler. Yeah. Well I um, think I, I think the like issue of like superheroes being cops can be mitigated a good bit by one, I think it takes some suspension of disbelief from, like, the viewer of, like, imagine a world where, like, cops are good. Kind of like a how you would have to watch, like, Law & Order to get anything out of it, right? It's like... Yeah. Or, like, I don't, I've been watching a lot of, like, My Hero Academia lately, in case anyone accuses me of hating all superhero stuff ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm on season three, and I really like the show, but, like, they, pre- they pretty clearly established that it's, like, yeah, all the heroes are basically just cops i mean they, they literally get paid to do it right but yes. it's like in a fantasy world where like 
super villains are like a real force in the world. <laughs> you know, just like maniacal super villains versus like you know, people who are protecting the innocent from them. Worrying too much in that story about like oh, is Deku a cop? Like I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that it's kind of what I'm talking about though, right? Like you you have to either totally separate it from reality right which is easy to do in an anime or a movie about vampires being real or you have to do the like dark gritty thing right which is (laughs) that that's that's what the the nolan batman movies kind of dragged us into it's like all all of these superhero movies that are trying to be grounded in some sort of reality it's harder to separate themselves from that and then that's how we end up with, like, The Boys, like I was talking about, which is, uh, you know, uh, it's a show about what if the superheroes really were cops? Guess what? They would be bad. Yeah, um, like, if superheroes were real, they would immediately ally with the the worst sections of the government of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. And that's what that show is, is it's just the the superheroes have a company where they are privately contracted out to police forces in the military like they're fucking Blackwater. Yeah, uh, like, I need to watch that eventually. But, you would like uh, it, it's, it's good. I probably I enjoy would. it. Um, although Blade sort of flips the script on a lot of this, where not yeah. only is Blade not really a cop, uh, the cops are on the vampire's side, which is very interesting. Yes, and that's sort of what I wanted to to bring this to bring this back to the movie that we actually watched this week is that Blade is not a cop. Yeah. They found a way to make a not cop superhero, and it's fascinating. Yeah, and I think it I think it works really well, especially in a story about vampires, because vampires as like a movie monster have always been sort of a you know, if you're doing one of those, like, what does this monster represent about society things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, vampires have always been, like, the aristocracy sucking the blood of, like, the innocent pauper, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that, that is kind of their legacy in horror. So having them be a part of this, like, secret society controlling the world's government and economy and all the cops like it makes a lot of sense for like (laughs) what vampires are to people you know yeah and it works to set up your hero as being the people's hero (laughs) instead of like part of the machine you have like no qualms with him killing vampires in this movie yeah (laughs) they like don't even try to make any sort of like claim that the vampires are like (laughs) worthy of any sort of mercy (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is extremely black and white with it even with the twist near the end which i I guess spoilers for blade uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh his mom is alive and she is a vampire oh yeah that was fucked up dude (laughs) which is a crazy and she has been sleeping with Frost, our main villain, the whole time. Actually which is insane crazy. twist. Yeah, I did not see that coming at all. Like, the, the way the story goes, it's like, he's got to kill his mom. Yeah. 
because she's a vampire and vampires are evil and the, she really is evil it's not like a you know he even try he kind of would probably give her a chance but she immediately is like on board with being a vampire and like using humans as cattle you know mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like being a vampire rules i love being on on the, at the top of the food chain <laughs> don't you want some blood son yeah <laughs> Which, to be fair, he does. We haven't really explained this, uh, but again, I'm not entirely sure why you're listening to this if you haven't watched this 23-year-old movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, so that he doesn't have to drink blood to survive, he's got like a a serum that he injects himself in the neck with and then has a seizure. Um, but it's he's becoming resistant to it conveniently right now as our movie is going on. Yeah. Um, and also, he doesn't have any during the ending sequence, which is why he ends up drinking Karen's blood to become more powerful and then go kick ass. Yeah, t- turning her hilariously back into a vampire again <laughs> after <true. laughs> she just turned back. Which, like, apparently she can just cure it at any time. So it's like she's like Doctor Cox with the vasectomy is just like <laughs> snip snap. <laughs> You're a vampire again. <laughs> there's a few things i would like to talk about one cinematography actually in my opinion very good at points that you know there there's not like it's not like the whole movie is blowing you away this is a portrait of a lady on fire or something but the shot when there are the sequence of shots when they're fighting in the subway and the trains are just like a ripping by looked so cool. I loved that. Yeah, shit. like almost all of the action is really good in this movie. Yes. <laughs> it's it it's like excellent. The I talked about it before. Like the the blood rave will forever be in my mind. Like that. Mm-hmm. It looks there. Yeah, like, like Charlie said, they're not going for like the most artsy shots, but like they, if they want something to look cool in this movie, they almost always pull it off very well. <laughs> yeah, and it I works. Say, for, like for, for what this movie is, it's like it looks great. It's exactly what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like the vampire like underground temple at the end is so cool. Yeah, that was sick. Uh, the uh, the. The part when he's under, I, is it under the headquarters building? Wherever the, like, library is. <laughs> Speaking of goofy stuff, there's a a scene where the, like, Transylvanian guy from the Vampire Council walks in on Frost, like, on a computer. He's hacking. Analyzing something. Yes, he's hacking. And he's like... Why are you in the library? Which is already funny because he's just on a on a single computer in a room. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then he's like trying to translate the ancient text, and the, the, the vampire guy is like, "No one will ever translate the ancient text." I'm oh, I'm a vampire. Uh, but he's just like telling him not to do it, and then he just keeps doing it, and this guy doesn't like try to stop him. It's very strange. Yeah, it's. Maybe, I think maybe the stuff that works, like, the least well in this, as much as I like the, like, visuals of vampire 
cabal, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, like having their little business meetings. Uh, why they don't just kill Frost incredibly easily via outnumbering him like 10 to 1 never really comes up. It is yeah. sort of, I guess, imply that he is very strong or I guess has a lot of like people on his side. But they, I think, and like they could have fixed it with maybe just like a scene or two of like, you know, you've angered the council or whatever. You have to have a trial by combat or whatever. And he like beats the shit out of a very strong guy. And he's like, I am the strongest vampire <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's all we needed. Just give me a reason. Like, why is this frost guy so much scarier than like the other <laughs> vampires? Mm-hmm. It is very strange. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but you know, uh, I can work with that. Yeah. Plus we would have had a, like a vampire fight. If we did that, which is always welcome. That's true. That would have been cool. Uh, but why was I talking about that? Oh, yeah, the scene later where they're underground, where the tablets that he was analyzing on the computer actually are. In the yeah, the vampire Bible. <laughs> yes, the vampire uh, Dead Sea Scrolls are down there. The fight in there, so cool. Yes. It's <laughs> awesome amazing. set. Yeah, because they're all like laid out. It's almost like a like a Hall of Mirrors fight, which a bunch of mm-hmm. action movies do. Uh, but instead, they're pages from the actual physical vampire Bible <laughs> with all sorts of, I don't know, prophecies in it, I guess, mm-hmm. slash their whole history. They don't explain it because they don't have to. <laughs> yes, not important. Uh, yeah. Although I couldn't help but think about with some of this stuff. Uh, oh, what's it called? What What we do in the shadows? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the show. You've seen the movie, right? Yeah, we weirdly have seen, <laughs> seen the each half of this. Yeah. Uh, I need to watch the movie at some point. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll watch it tonight. I don't know. Uh, but that show rules. <laughs> and a lot of the, the Vampire Council stuff, I was like, you know, in my head canon, these can exist in the same universe. And this is just like <laughs> a serious version. Yeah, there's like the vampires that have fun with it and the ones that are like <laughs> really self-serious and annoying like Frost. Mm-hmm. All these the mainland vampires, well, not mainland, the Manhattan vampires versus the Staten Island vampires. Uh-huh. Which like they do a pretty good job of, I-, I like movies that kind of imply a bigger world going on, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff with like the vampires sort of pulling the strings and like governments all over the world is very fun. Plus uh, one of the weirder parts of the movie, uh, the uh, big round vampire in the basement. Oh yeah. (laughs) That has apparently uh, like eaten so much, drank so much blood that he's just kind of like a big blob man. Now it implies a lot of things like about, how what immortality means to like a vampire and like what that could look like if he one just never moved i don't know it's really interesting the implication of other types of vampires existing i think is cool yeah Uh, because like you said it makes it feel the world it makes the world feel bigger that was also strange because karen just kind of tortured him with the uv lamp uh yeah i thought that was funny like it was a little 
character moment for her of like oh no she's like very mad that they turned her into a vampire <laughs> extremely upset that she might she's, die at any moment <laughs> she is super pissed like i do i really respect this movie like at no point do our vampire hunting trio at any point try to be like well think of what the vampires must be feeling they're just their singular goal is to murder as many of them as possible <laughs> with extreme prejudice it's really committed and i you know i appreciate the, that. the only time like blade lets someone live is if they are a human familiar of a vampire and even then he will beat the shit out of them until <laughs> like within an inch of their life oh. and that's fine because i don't need blade or any superhero movie to try to ask serious questions and i okay i understand that this is kind of like going against what i was saying earlier about the marvel stuff but like at, at some point that's kind of the problem with some of the marvel stuff it's, it's like trying to answer serious questions about society or like say something of social value and i'm like i don't fucking care well, it's like i a just weird... want to watch him stab vampires well, for marvel it's like a weird combination of like they know people want that in movies but they also know that like they can't offend anyone yeah at the same time so like they don't want to like alienate any potential audience right so mm-hmm. They have to sort of walk that line. You can really tell they're walking it. Yeah, they just end up doing, like, extremely tepid bullshit about, like, oh, we're gonna make a movie about how collateral damage in combat is bad, but not really, because we're just gonna have a UN meeting about it, and then nothing will get resolved in the next movie is the world getting fucking nuked so now we have to go all out and not care about collateral damage again it's like what what was the point of this there's another big blue beam in the sky that we have to take care of yeah um and yeah you know it just listen just commit to not actually meaning anything and make a movie about fighting vampires I would much prefer that. <laughs> you can do cool stuff. Like, he can have a, a trap sword. That yes. was fun when that one vampire didn't know that it was... It's trapped and it's got little bla- blades that bust out of the hilt and it just explodes her hand. Yeah, it's like on a, if you pick it up wrong, uh, it's like you will get your hand... Uh, exploded into smithereens <laughs> by four little blades. I actually had the same thing set up on my microphone for podcasting, just in case anyone <laughs> tries to impersonate me. But can't let anybody sneak into our very important movie podcast. A series of booby traps placed around my apartment. <laughs> I do think. I think we got. We, we're getting very sidetracked repeatedly, uh, but that's fine. But the action scenes are good. The like. Everything with the sword, for the most part, was cool. There's a lot of, like, hand-to-hand stuff that works well, a lot of good shootouts. I think, unfortunately, the worst sword fight is the last one. I totally (laughs) agree, yeah. Yeah, because, so, at the end of the movie, it's like, Frost is trying to become the blood god by dripping Blade's blood onto the vampire council, and then they turn into the 
really silly looking skeleton ghost that Will was talking about earlier. This is uh, one of the places where the CG does not work well. Um, Up until not that point, well, very cool like blood ritual stuff happening, but yes. The uh, aesthetic of the area and the process is cool. The ghosts, they did not age well. Um, <laughs> they look like, uh, you know, in the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> they reminded me of, like, the, the, their ghosts came out, like the live-action one. Oh, man, we should <laughs> do like that, that level. sometime. Yes, we should. Uh, that is how you adapt a cartoon to live-action. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man, what a masterpiece. Um, but anyways, yeah, that happens, and then you get some cool hand-to-hand stuff with juiced-out, roided-up Blade because he drank Karen's blood and killed his mom. Uh, He's having a rough evening. The, like, the sword fight that happens with Frost, it's, there, there's so much good camera work and choreography and fights in this movie, and then the final sword fight is just, like, swinging at the swords and not each other it looks like the bad parts of star wars prequel lightsaber fights and like way too many little smash cuts when they were avoiding that earlier yeah i think the issue with that scene's choreography is that every other fight in the movie is very quick like blade maybe parries once and then kills the person and then moves on to Mm -hmm. the next guy because he's almost always in like kind of like a group fight and in this, like, they can't have him beat the villain in, like, one slash like he does everyone else. So they have to have, like, a drawn-out <laughs> clashing of swords. But it just wasn't correct. Like, it was... I don't know if, like, they just didn't try that hard or if, like, <laughs> Stephen Dorff just, like, sucks at pretending to fight with a sword. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, because, like, he looked really goofy. And they could have... Like, it would have made, made sense to have him be like awkward with a sword but just like outrageously strong and just like brute forcing it because now he has like the power of the blood god or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, that could have been fun be like oh blade's really good with a sword and then like but he has to deal with like this incredibly strong man just whacking him like (laughs) yeah with like a club you know you Uh, do the like mountain versus the viper thing from exactly yeah um but it just ends up looking stupid although the fight ends in a very spectacular way (laughs) Wait, how exactly does it end? Remind me. It, it ends with the uh, the other thing that Karen invented, which is the serum that oh uh, yeah explodes the blood of vampires <laughs> uh, in a like shockingly gruesome fashion. Like I didn't think the movie would get this like body horror y, but and it happens or like earlier in the movie too, and like she uses it where. If you stick a vampire with it, they uh, inflate sort of like a flesh balloon. (laughs) Mm. Then they just pop. And it is a... I think the effect aged very well. (laughs) It was cool. The first time it happened, I nearly stood up out of my chair. (laughs) I was so excited. Yeah, yeah, the the first time that he uses it right is the fight with the, like, shock baton twins when he's storming the tower, which... That, in my opinion, was the best fight in the movie because the, like you said earlier, the there's lots of very quick dispatch fights in a very John Wick way. Uh, it's kind of what it reminded me of because that mm-hmm. movie is about just like oh this guy is way better than everybody else with a gun, so he's just he's shooting people three times 
quickly in different ways. And this is Blade stabbing vampires quickly in different ways. Um, but, like, the, the Shock Baton people in Frost are, like, the only more drawn-out fights. And that one, when they're, like, running all the walls and stuff, that was so cool. I love that shit. Yeah. Because uh, the, the quick stuff, it works, and it's really good to establish, like, a power differential, right? Of, like, look how mm-hmm. good this guy is. Um, but you, you can't do that indefinitely in a hand-to-hand movie. Yeah, not even John Wick does that all the way through, you know? Like, they'll have him in... There's, like, the guy who's good at fighting that they'll, you know... It, yeah, exactly. You, you have to have that at some point. Uh, to, and it's, you know, it's just part of setting up the the power scale, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, beat these people quick and then beat this person slow because he's better. Um, and I feel like this movie, this is, this is just a nitpick opinion. I feel like it needed one more mid-length fight mm. at the end. Because the end is just, like, he just absolutely shits on, like, 15 minions in <laughs> two minutes. And then fights Frost in, like, the, the sword fight that looks weird, like we're talking about. I don't know. I feel like it needed one more, like, boss minion at the end. Another big bad. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he kills, like, Quinn super fast at the end, finally. Right? Yeah, Quinn gets dumped on. Kind uh, of as a joke. Which was funny, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Like, I think that was effective. But they needed, like, another henchman guy or something. Yeah, you had uh, Karen fighting the, like, blonde lady henchman who had been established as more powerful, I guess, earlier. Uh, which was cool that Karen got to do something, but also... I don't know, it's like they needed one more of those for Blade, too. Yeah. It's fine, though. Minor complaint. Throwing the the <laughs> um, syringes like they're throwing knives into the vampire and then exploding him very cool i approve yeah it's uh for a fight that started off kind of weak it ended up (laughs) ending in a very spectacular way yeah once they drop the swords and get into more hand-to-hand it's better in my opinion uh and then yeah that's pretty much blade he talks to karen for a minute at the end i literally i don't remember what he said uh (laughs) i don't it's something about like there's always more vampires to hunt like oh, yeah, that because she can turn him back to human basically like she that's can, right yeah yeah she's like okay i can give you the serum which like it will cure your your bloodthirst but you won't have your vampire abilities anymore mm-hmm. and blade's like uh i don't like <laughs> you're not gonna like nerf me i'm gonna <laughs> keep <laughs> i would rather deal with the bloodthirst and murder every vampire in existence than be human uh, yeah. which is uh, very cool. <laughs> I was not expecting that to happen in the movie. Much better than him getting turned back into a human. Does yeah. that imply that he's going to start drinking people again, or is Karen going... I assume that Karen is going to invent a better serum that he won't be resistant to. I think so. I, I could um, see her being like the character at the computer, you know, type person yeah. in later movies. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I feel like it'd be that would be underusing her a little bit because I think she was, uh, like actually a really fun character throughout this. Like whenever she did get to fight a little bit, mm-hmm. it was pretty well done. Uh, so particularly her like, there was like this weird scene. It felt kind of out of nowhere, but I liked it when her. So a guy at the beginning of the movie is like her ex boyfriend, 
that she still works with, and he's like kind of a douche, and he gets killed by the vampire that bit her first. But he turns into a weird zombie guy for, like, no reason. That's just a thing that can happen to you sometimes. Oh, yeah. You get bit by a vampire. And they throw her into a pit with him. And she has to, like, fight her way out. She, like, hits him on the head with a bone that's down there. And, like, uses it to, like, claw her way out of this pit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, like, uh, it's very, like, gritty and, like, uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah absolutely no explanation for why he's down there and it doesn't need it it's fine it's cool they, like quickly explain just like the mechanics of his very existence like and i think a dubbed over line like walking over to the pit yeah <laughs> like oh shit we forgot to explain yeah, <laughs> yeah if uh, is there a blade sequel is there a blade 2 there, there's three blades oh i can't imagine that they stayed this good but i hope they did i hope they did too i think they changed directors at some point which is not a good Uh, sign (laughs) yeah i'm probably never gonna watch them so it doesn't matter um i'm just gonna (laughs) assume that they continue to use karen well (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah oh yeah and then he goes to moscow and he kills a russian vampire that's that was fun if the next one is in moscow maybe i'll watch it because that's kind of it sounds like a good time (laughs) That'd be a good aesthetic. All right. Well, I guess let's do recommendations and then we will get out of here. So, uh, Will, would you recommend Blade? I would. I think this is a very fun action movie. Um, If you are at all put off by, like, superhero type stuff, this doesn't really feel like any superhero movie I've seen. It's pretty, this is one of the few superhero movies that actually made me interested in checking out the comic that it's based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, all the comics I looked up, they all they all don't look very good. But maybe I'll read uh, one. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Though I would recommend Blade. It's a great action movie. Um, you know, I I could have never known it was a superhero movie, and it wouldn't have made a difference to me. I still would have liked it. Uh, although we would have had a much shorter podcast because I wouldn't have had an excuse to shit on Marvel for thirty minutes. But that's true. That's content know. right there. Yeah. And that's what superheroes are for, is content. So, well, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. As always, uh, new episodes every Thursday. Follow us on all the stuff at Jump Cuts Pod. Uh, Will, where are you? Uh, I'm at home. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at WillPostWords. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston. And uh, me, Charlie B. Posts on Twitter, where I don't post. <laughs> well, uh, really that's selling the show. It. What's that? Really selling it. Really selling it. You know, we're, we're big on the social media here. Maybe one day we will be. Who knows? I have thoughts. Maybe. Maybe I'll put <laughs> maybe, that there. Maybe I'll share them one day. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Follow me. Find out. Uh well okay thanks for listening be sure to leave a like rating review whatever you do on your chosen podcast app it really helps out we appreciate you and we will see you next thursday so long i'm park saying so long he always says that oh yeah he does (laughs) bye-bye